children and adults. My name is Christina Reitzman and I'm a wife, mom to three beautiful girls, previous speech therapist assistant for 12 years, and I'm a current public school elementary teacher for the last five years. I'm a passionate mental health advocate and have been an anxiety warrior and survivor since childhood. My daughters have all gone through anxiety and panic attacks in the last few years as well. Get ready to be inspired, share, and learn tips and strategies to heal from anxiety and understand how to help your children and even others that struggle from anxiety. You're not alone, my friend. I'm really excited about this podcast. It's very interesting to me because as a child, I didn't know I had anxiety. It's really hard as a parent and as a child to understand what that is when you know nothing about it. So get your pen and your notepad ready if you are wanting to learn about childhood anxiety and maybe want to learn how to identify it in your child possibly or maybe children that you work with. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about childhood anxiety and what it looks like, some symptoms, my own children, my own story a little bit from what it looked like for me as a kid. So the symptoms that I had As a child, I was nauseous, I had stomach aches a lot. I had a lot of GI issues. I didn't want to eat. I was very nervous. I felt like I couldn't breathe sometimes, just out of the blue. I would have palpitations. I would feel like someone was sitting on my chest. I would have a rapid heartbeat. I would have a hard time controlling my emotions, um, especially as a teenager. I would shut down and my parents thought I was a hypochondriac, which is having anxiety about your health, which that is one of my triggers is when I don't feel well, it messes with my GI tract. Your GI tract is actually connected to the part of your brain that controls your emotions. So my anxiety would go haywire when I was sick and it still does. It goes crazy when I would have GI problems and vice versa. Like if I'm having anxiety, my GI issues start acting up. And this is what happened when I was a kid as well. So my own children and um, their anxiety and their symptoms. Kira, she really only has anxiety or panic attacks only a couple times, thankfully. But um, it's, (laughs) it's usually because she would get in trouble emotionally she would be overwhelmed and so she would get nauseous and she would be crying and then she would end up throwing up and almost hyperventilating from getting in trouble so thankfully that's only happened a couple times children's emotions can get very high with their hormones and you know if you have a teenager you understand what i'm talking about with cadence she's 14 she is my mini me She gets anxiety, and she's had one panic attack, I think, ever, and that was just recently. But she feels like her heart is pounding, like she's having trouble breathing. She thinks she is, but it's more of like she feels like someone's sitting on her chest, 
hyperventilates, she gets dizzy, nauseous, tummy aches, GI issues, which as I said before, that is very much connected to the anxiety part of your brain that controls your emotions. Um, she'll cry because, you know, she's worried and she's scared. Yeah, so that is hers, and it's very similar to Taylor's. She's 10, and she's had a couple anxiety attacks where her heart, she feels like her heart is pounding out of her chest. Um, she gets nauseous, tummy aches, GI issues. Like, I mean, like, they'll be going to the restroom feeling like they're going to throw up and say they'll have diarrhea because it's all connected. And she'll feel fearful, like she can't breathe, tummy ache, worried, scared, GI issues. She'll be crying because she's scared and start hyperventilating. So some symptoms, your child may have these. They may have something different. You don't have to have all of these symptoms as a child. You can have all of them. You can have a few of them. You can have one of them. For symptoms in a child, it can be hard to concentrate, which obviously if you're dealing with that, it's definitely hard to concentrate on what you're doing. Um, not sleeping well or waking up with bad dreams, not eating properly, quickly gets angry or irritable, getting out of control with outbursts or your emotions. Um, I did that as a teenager. I finally just... I didn't understand and I, w I would talk back a lot, but I would get angry and frustrated. And yeah, it was my teenage years. I'm sorry, parents. <laughs> Constantly worrying or having negative thoughts, like fear of what's going to happen. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Feeling tense, fidgety, using the toilet often, crying a lot, being clingy, having tummy aches, feeling unwell. Or you can even, you know, your child might start wetting the bed. Symptoms in older children, some of them are the same, but some of them are different. Lack of confidence in trying new things. Seeming unable to face very simple everyday challenges. Finding it hard to concentrate. Having problems with sleeping or eating. I should say and or eating. Having angry outbursts, which again, I did. Having negative thoughts or keep thinking something bad is going to happen. Avoiding everyday activities like seeing your friends or going out in public and even wanting to stay home from school. So we talked a little bit about where anxiety can come from. I talked a lot about intergenerational trauma in my last episode. So if you want to know more about that, please listen to the first episode. It is basically understanding how pain is passed down from generation to generation and how you can break free from that and heal from it. But a child can have anxiety from dealing with things that were toxic or traumatizing from their parents or grandparents. Some other causes of anxiety would be like frequently moving houses or schools, separation anxiety, parents fighting or arguing, a death of a close relative or friend, becoming seriously ill or getting injured in an accident, school-related issues like bullying or even tests, exams, being abused or neglected, and a lot of this has something in common. It is feeling like you're not in control, and that is a huge thing 
with having anxiety. And something I found out, children with ADHD and children on the autism spectrum are more likely to have problems with anxiety. Didn't know that till the other day when I was researching more about it. So as a child, when you have anxiety and you are dependent on your survival basically from your parents and from other people, you can feel out of control, like you need to be in control of something. So a lot of these types of anxiety or like where it stems from is because they don't feel in control of something or they don't understand their emotions, what, what emotions they're having. I'm gonna talk a little bit about anxiety in the school system since I am a teacher. I have something called a safe place. It's very important to have your children understand that they are safe in the classroom and with the teacher when they don't know who they are and they can have some separation anxiety. So, and they also don't understand their emotions yet really when they're, when they're really young. I think it's important to help your children understand emotions that they have and that it's okay to have these emotions and to understand like and identifying these emotions that they're having. But I like to have something called a safe place where they can go there to regulate, to self-regulate their emotions. My safe place in my classroom has things like, now I taught first grade and now I'm about to teach second grade, but I'm going to have another safe place where there's pillows, there's soft pillows, there's Play-Doh, there's puppets, there's stuffed animals, there's fidget toys, there is a binder where you can draw. There is a binder where you can write or journal about what you're feeling. There is a little station where they take five deep breaths. So we, we practice deep breathing um, for three seconds, holding it for three seconds, and then letting it out for three seconds. This really helps. And then when they feel better, they can come out. It usually takes about five minutes or so for them. You really need to consider if their anxiety is pretty elevated or even, you know, don't just take this podcast to help, but I would consider going to take them to your pediatrician to identify it as well. They can get therapy. So I got therapy when I was a child and when I was an adult, and it helped me learn and identify my emotions I was having, learn some strategies, some preventative strategies that you practice when you're not having anxiety so that you know what to do when you are having anxiety. Some things that you can do for your child or children that you work with, other than taking them to a doctor or a therapist, is you really need to talk to your child and listen. Don't just say, you can breathe. You're talking to me, you can breathe. You're fine. It's like telling somebody with depression, oh, just stop being sad, be happy. You can't tell a depressed person to be happy or to stop being sad. There's nothing to be sad about. There's nothing to worry about. You can't say that to someone who has anxiety. It does not help. But you can talk to your child and have an open ear, make sure that they feel safe and that they're being listened to. It's super important and to ask what can I do to help you? What do you need me to do? Do you need a hug? Do we need to practice our deep breathing? Be there for them. That is the biggest thing. Teach them how to recognize their anxiety in themselves and also knowing what their triggers are. So you can help them 
by asking them, okay, what were you doing when you started feeling this way? We can recognize knowing what their triggers are so that you can learn how to prepare for that. If, there's, if it's a situation where you have to go somewhere and they don't want to be there and that's a trigger for them, talk about it before you go so that you can practice your breathing, practice thinking about what's going to happen there, like going to the dentist, going to the doctor if they get anxiety from that, or separation anxiety if you're taking them to daycare or at a sleepover and you think they're going to have anxiety if that's a trigger. Talk about it with them. Let them have maybe a pillow or a stuffed animal that makes them feel safe. Let them know that they're just a phone call away. Um, encourage them to manage their anxiety and ask them for help when they need it. It's really important that they learn how to manage it on their own as well. It's going to come with time, but they need to know that you're there for them. It's also important to have routines that are reassuring, so try to stick to regular daily routines when possible, especially if your child is on the autism spectrum. It's very important. However, you can't have a routine that is the same every day. It's, it's just not possible. But you can prepare your child for events coming up that may make them anxious by talking to them about it and what's going to happen and why. Maybe take things that are going to help them like peppermints, water, toy that makes them feel safe. Just whatever. Talk to them about what makes them feel safe, what makes them feel better, and do that to prepare. Practice deep breathing before you do it so that if they do get anxious when they get there, they'll know exactly what to do. Don't be overprotective or anxious about it because they're gonna feel that. They're gonna understand that you're anxious as well. They're gonna feed off that. They're gonna say, oh, they're anxious about it. I'm going to as well. But don't be overprotective. We can't, we can't like keep our children in a bubble. They've gotta be able to go out and do things. So the important thing is to help them prepare before anxiety happens. Practice self-care so that they can handle it if it does come, if it comes. It's not always gonna come. You can practice relaxation techniques like yoga. There's a wonderful channel for younger children. The channel on YouTube is called Cosmic Kids Yoga. She's wonderful. This woman does stories behind the yoga so it's not boring. The kids love it. I did it with my first graders when we needed to take breaks to breathe or before like a spelling test or a math test. You can practice the breathing exercises where you take a deep breath in and depending on how old your child is, they may be able to breathe in for three seconds or four seconds, hold it for three seconds or four seconds and then breathe out slowly for three or four seconds. When you practice breathing, you can sit down crisscross applesauce, put one hand on your chest, one hand on your belly, and to feel your breath going in. So your chest will rise, and then you can even practice belly breathing where your belly will rise. So this will help them feel their body breathing, to feel the air going in and out, and it's very calming, and it helps them see that they are in control of their breath. That is a huge thing, is feeling in control of something. You can also distract them, especially if they're little, distract them by playing games with them. Cadence used to get anxiety on the, the road and feel nauseous, so we would play 
like I spy in the car or we roll down the windows or even just get out of the car and walk around for a minute, get some water. Um, but you can distract them with hobbies even that they like to do, like playing board games or if they want to play Twister. Depends on the situation as well. They may just want to lay down. You can have them draw, have them write or journal, and have a safe place in your house for them where they feel the safest and know that they are loved and cared for. But the most important thing is, if you think your child has anxiety, it is so important to address it ASAP. So they can start helping themselves to self-regulate their emotions, to understand how to prevent anxiety from happening, and know if it does come, they'll know exactly what they need to do, and it won't get worse. So it becomes more manageable. It's so important to give them the tools to help them feel more in control and that you understand what they're going through so they feel like they are being helped, they are safe, they are loved, they are being understood. So the takeaway from this episode is to understand that you need to listen to your child to help them feel safe and loved, to give them the tools they need to prevent anxiety from happening so that they feel in control of what's going on around them and their bodies. Little things to us are so huge to them. Or some somebody made them very sad. And it, it may be so little to us, but understand that children, it's huge to them. It may be something so big. So never say something like, well, that's so silly to be angry about or upset about or there's no reason to feel that way. Stop being silly. Understand that even though it may seem little to us, it is huge to them and they need to feel like you understand them and that they are safe and that they are loved and you're gonna help them through it. Guys, that is it for me today. Remember that you are amazing. You are doing the best that you can. Self-care is not selfish. Say that again. Self-care is not selfish. And that means not just in you, but your children too. Rest, take deep breaths, and I wish you well. Until next time, bye.